Hey lovely freaks and welcome back to the podcast. I'm your host Amanda. And I'm Hannah. And if you're new here, hi, welcome. If you like things strange and unusual and true crime, you can go ahead and hit that subscribe or follow button. You can also head down to the description box and there will be a link that will take you to our social media. Our Instagram at Lovely Freaks Podcast, Facebook, and all that jazz. And all that jazz. So, for those of you that don't know, we're going to have a live Q&A next Sunday, April 25th. Right. Look it up again, man. I can't ever, I can't keep my dates straight. Friday's the 23rd. Yeah, 25th. April 25th, 7.30 p.m. Central Time um, for the U.S., U.S. time. And we'll probably, we're going to do it on Facebook and Instagram, so if you don't have a Facebook or an Instagram, I highly suggest that you go just get one just for us because you love us and that's cool. Uh, <laughs> and so, yeah, I think that's the only announcement I have. Um, we've made it to a thousand. Yay! So that's pretty cool. And, well, a thousand and something. Mm-hmm. So that's awesome. We've made it to a whole bunch of places. We've, uh, there was some people, there were some from Egypt. Awesome. So probably listen to the um, ancient alien Egypt mm-hmm. pyramid thing, theory, whatever. Conspiracy. Uh, so today, we have a new, we have a different one for you guys today. We have one that comes from our home state. Not our hometown, but this is a place that I've been to. Um, it's pretty close to Oxford, Mississippi. Okay. So yeah. You've been there before. You've been to Ole Miss mm-hmm. for some stuff uh, for opera, correct? Yeah. Uh-huh. And then I've been for parties um, <laughs> a while back. So, anywho, this is the story of Jessica Chambers. Um, I actually remember the story. This was not too long ago. It was in 2014. But it was my, my daughter was born in June of 2014. So, this was... Uh, right after she was born this was in December and I remember thinking that this was like you know it's awful for anybody but when you have have a daughter I just felt really sorry for her mom and all the other stuff so we're gonna get into it though so Mm -hmm. Jessica Chambers was born February 2nd 1995 which that's Matt and Corey's anniversary Mm -hmm. not 1995 but February 2nd uh so Jessica lived in Cortland, Mississippi, which is about 10, um, 10 minute drive from Batesville and Batesville is about a 30 minute drive from Oxford. Just to kind of give you guys like a general idea of where this is. Cause it's pretty close to, it's about 30 minutes from Ole Miss. So mm-hmm. some people know Ole Miss more than they do anything else. <laughs> On December 6, 2014, at about 8 o'clock p.m., on a road in Cortland, two men came across a car that was on fire on the side of the road. So, obviously, after that, the men called the police. But this car was, like, in a blaze. It was heavily on fire. Hmm, that's weird. On the side of the road. On the side of the road. And this road that they were on was kind of like a... It was kind of a back road, I guess you could say. It wasn't a heavily trafficked road. It wasn't a highway or anything like that. So when the police arrived at the scene, they began to investigate the scene, obviously. As they are, like, looking around the car, you know, the EMT, mm-hmm. the firefighters are putting out the blaze and all that. They noticed a person walking up 
out of the woods. Some of the officers, excuse Excuse me, me. some of the officers on scene said that this, that it looks like a, like they didn't know what it was coming out of the woods. Like they were kind of terrified for a split second. Yeah. But as they got closer, they realized that it was a woman, someone that they knew. It was 19-year-old Jessica Chambers. Her body was burned. Mm-hmm. The officers know who she is because, obviously, this is a very small town. I think it had, like, 600 people, maybe. So, it's kind of where we grew up, where Hannah still lives. That's kind of how big this town was. It was yeah. really small. So, everybody knows everybody. Mm-hmm. Jessica was only dressed in her underwear when she was walking up. And she was in shock. And she kept saying, help me, help me, just over and over again. Oh, she's still alive. Mm-hmm. Oh. Her body was burned with three-degree burns. Um, like, some of the burns were so wor- so bad, they were, like, burned down to the bone, like, through oh. the tissue and everything. Man. Her whole body, um, like I said, was covered. The police and EMTs kept trying to ask her, like, what happened, what happened, and all she could say was, or what they kind of made out what she said was, he set me on fire. They kept asking who, who did this, and they claimed that they heard that she either said Eric or Derek. Hmm. It's very important to keep in mind when you're, when we go through this case. And this would actually kind of hurt them later on when we get to trial and we kind of talk about that. But you have to keep in mind also, she, her lips were burnt, like almost off, and her tongue was burnt on the inside, Mm -hmm. and we'll get to why all that happened happened but um so she could barely talk so it was kind of hard to make out anything she was saying but um yeah that that's one thing that they think that she said was eric or Derek. so um a lot of the first responders on the scene though they had like ptsd from the way that she looked one officer on the scene cole haley said on the stand during trial he was like crying and he said she had her arms out saying help me help me her hair was so burned that it looked like she had stuck her finger in a light socket Mm. her face was black and her body was black as well and was severely burned she was airlifted to regional one hospital in memphis when she got there, they discovered she had had deep thermal burns. A flammable liquid had been poured down her throat and had gotten into her nose somehow. Oh. Like, I don't know if like, splashed it on her, okay. too. And, obviously, I'm pretty sure the flammable liquid was gasoline. Um, she had over... This was all over... 90% of her body was burned. Mm-hmm. So, a thermal burn... Just to kind of let you know what that is. A thermal burn is a burn due to an an external heat source which raises the temperature of the skin and tissue and causes tissue cell damage or charring. So, I mean, they pretty much knew there wasn't really much that they could do. Yeah. Um, And the police called her stepmom. So, her, her mom and her dad got a divorce a long time ago but they still had a really good relationship and her stepmom they lived like right down the road from each other mm-hmm. so when her stepmom got the call from the police she literally like ran down the road and ran to her mom 
Jessica's mom's house and she said, you know, somebody set Jessica on fire. Somebody set Jessica on fire. She was freaking out. The mom started freaking out too because she was like, I just talked to her an hour ago. How did this happen? Like all she was going to do was go into the store and going to eat or grab something to eat. Yeah. It must have been somebody she knew. Yeah. Well, we'll get into all that. Okay. (laughs) So she wasn't with anyone when she called either that her mom knew of. When they got to the hospital, the doctors informed them that her burns were so severe that there wasn't much they could do, like I said, and they were just going to make her comfortable until she Mm -hmm. passed away. Her mother, this part's really sad, her mother told her in the hospital, if you are in too much, quote, if you are in too much pain, it's okay to let go. I'll get justice for you, end Mm -hmm. quote. And the doctor said, like, after she said that, Jessica passed like almost immediately at Mm -hmm. 2 30 a.m she passed away due to her burns so yeah i remember this it was it was crazy like i remember hearing on the news a girl had been burned at first they said she her car had been burned and she had been burned on the side of the road it was crazy and then they figured out later it was a murder mystery a murder mystery is it a murder? It is a I mean, yeah, it's a yeah. murder. But the way you said that. But, like, still. It's a murder mystery. It's a murder mystery. <laughs> so, um, the same night that this is all going on, however, there was a man back at the scene, like a mile down the road that was just walking, living his best life. And he came across a set of keys that were on the ground. So, he picked them up. And I don't know if he... I mean, I would have just walked past the set of keys. So, good on for this guy. Yeah. He obviously sent them to the police. Or maybe mm-hmm. he knew that there was something that happened close that night. So, he thought yeah. maybe this was significant. So, when the police got the keys, um, they sent them off for a DNA test. They also have her phone and were only able to get a warrant for the last 24 hours of what was going on on her phone. Which is so stupid to me. They could only take the info during that time slot like anything that she had done in the last 24 hours they could only get wow that'll get extended later but mm-hmm. for now which i'm just like the phone company yeah i like get it stupid. but she died yeah and obviously she died. someone set her on fire so you know we need to know <laughs> so that morning of her death she texts her best friend keisha her friend picked her up at around 10 30 a.m and she had Quentin Tellus in the car with her. I'm going to say a side note right here. There's going to be a lot of talk about timeline and different times and all that. So try to, I'm going to try my best to explain this the best that I can. But the timeline of this whole entire murder is very important. There's just a lot of different times that I'm going to throw out at y'all. Okay. <laughs> so try to keep up. Quentin, um... He didn't have a severe history of violence. He did have a few run-ins with the law. He had like burglary and drug tra- drug trafficking, drug charges, mm-hmm. but um, nothing significant like you know abuse or no murder or nothing like that. Quentin said they drove around for an hour and then dropped him off at his house. Also, it's important to note that he lived across the street from an M and M, which is like a corner store around here. You know, like an M&M corner store. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So, 
from the corner store, you could actually see his house, like, from the camera outside. The mm-hmm. camera's outside of the yeah. corner store, like, when, you know, they have. They have. They have. <laughs> you know, they have. <laughs> Whatever. You know, like, for robberies and yeah, stuff. Yeah, for robberies. So, you can see his house from that camera. Okay. Okay. So, they called his, uh, they got his cell phone records, and they were able to get the camera footage from the store. When they looked, they did confirm her, um, that he was dropped off, that Keisha had dropped him off back at his house, like he said. Around 12.30 p.m., Jessica was home, according to her mother. She took a nap in the chair in the living room around 5 o'clock that night. She got a phone call that woke her up, and she left the house telling her mom that she was going to get some food, then clean out her car, and she would be home later. Around 6 o'clock p.m., the cell tower picked her phone up in Batesville, but she didn't stay there long because around 6.30, she was back home in Cortland. So, you know, a cell, like those of you that don't know i don't know if you know but i don't know i don't think a cell phone tower every time you go into every time you go into a different city or you go into a different spot wherever a different cell phone tower is it picks up your phone and it picks up your signal so that way they're and they're able to track through that like where it pings at what location okay okay so at 6 48 p.m she called her mom her mom remembered it was very quiet in the car, which normally she has, like, the background noise of music and maybe somebody talking if there's anybody in there. Looking back, her mother said it kid did seem kind of odd and the phone conversation seemed a little odd as well. And it didn't, it was really eerily silent, but at the time she didn't think anything of it. But when she started looking back on it, she thought it was really weird. Oh. Now at 7.30 p.m., she left Cortland and drove to where her body would be found later to that to that little road Hmm. obviously this is there's like no more activity on her phone um then like we said above at around eight was when the men called for the um the fire so her phone record had no mention of an eric or a derek like i said before when the the police officers were asking her, you know, who did this. They interviewed a hundred different men in the area that were named either Eric or Derek. Derek. Just, yeah. you know, if you were named Eric or Derek, you got your phone looked at and you got interviewed and yeah. interrogated because they needed to know. And I thought that was pretty good of them. I mean, it's very diligent. Mm-hmm. They found a text that was received by her phone minutes before the 911 call, and it was from. Quentin Tellus. The text said, Can't hang tonight, baby. Friend coming over, sweet dreams. Quentin didn't tell the police when they talked to him earlier in the day, you know, because he was the one that was in the car with her best friend and her. He didn't tell the police that he knew Jessica or that they had plans that night. So, they interviewed him again. During his next interview, they asked him what the relationship was between him and Jessica He said that they did sleep together before in his car, but he made it seem like they, when, like, whenever the, whenever the friend, like, the first interview, he kind of made it seem like I had just met her then, you know. Yeah. He tells the police. So, it was just a hookup, that's what he's saying, not, like, 
They yeah, like, they've, they've had sex before, but it wasn't anything serious. Yeah. He tells police he hung out with friends that day, and that night he went to his sister's house, borrowed her truck, and then drove to Batesville. He said he went to the Dollar General in Batesville to buy a green dot uh, prepaid card. And he took the truck back to his sister, stopped by the M&M store, the convenience store. Convenience store, yeah. Then, <laughs> then went home and waited for his girlfriend, who was supposed to come over. So his girlfriend was apparently from, I believe it was Monroe, Louisiana. And he bought the green dot gift card, he, or prepaid card, he said, because his girlfriend didn't have any money to come see him. Yeah. So he bought the card for her. I guess he was going to transfer money to her or something. I don't know. Mm-hmm. And then he waited for his girlfriend to come over. But if she didn't have any money to come see you, how the hell was she coming to the... I don't know. It was weird. Why didn't you just give her cash or something? Yeah. So at 8.20 p.m., Quentin was on the camera at the... Uh, it's either Fred's Dollar or Dollar General. One of the dollar stores. And the M&M store by his house. Mm-hmm. But, as we know, that was 8.20 p.m., but we know that she died somewhere between 7.30 and 8 because 8 o'clock, or, well, the car was set on fire because the the guys called the police, police at, 8 at 8 o'clock. Police at 8 o'clock, yeah. So just keep that in mind. When the police investigated his house, they found a dirt bike um in the back of the shed and they found gasoline tanks which isn't weird around here in the south but there was just a lot of gasoline tanks is what they said hmm. they asked if he knew anyone by the by the name of Eric or Derek and he said that Jessica knew uh, someone by that name he said that she knew a guy named Derek Holmes and he and she had apparently had some problems with him mm-hmm. he said Derek lived about five miles from Jessica's home and was stalking her. And he also is a registered sex offender. Oh. So they interviewed this Derek guy and he said that he was at home all night with his mom and he actually was interviewed for like three days and interrogated for three days and everything pretty much checked out that he was there. Mm-hmm. There was even other witnesses saying that he was there all night and so he he was ruled out. They realize at this point, maybe Eric or Derek is not what she said. You think? <laughs> yeah. Um, I also, I remember at this time that the news found out that she had been dating, like, um, some guy that was in jail for burglary. So, people were starting to run with, like, rumors saying that maybe it was gang-related. That was, like, one of the heavy things that they said. They were like, um, I think it was... There's no... A I don't whole think gang. There's gangs in Mississippi that there I know are gangs, of. but they're not like that. Yeah, and well, so not she, tense. Yeah, she she people were saying that they were trying to retaliate because her boyfriend was in jail, and so they just wanted to like get back at him or something. So they set her on fire in her car, but just a lot of rumors, and no one really no, like no one really knew what happened. So it was really frustrating. Her boyfriend, Travis, was devastated when he found out that she was murdered. Sad note, in 2019, he actually got shot in uh, Cortland and killed. So, just putting that in there. Um, Her boyfriend did. But that was in 2019. So, eight months go by, 
and there's no like there's no break in the case. They decided to go back to her phone records. After weeks and weeks of a data investigator named Paul gathering all of the GPS info from all the phones that like everybody that was involved in the case. So this is Quentin, this is Keisha, this is everybody they talked to. Even the mom. They gathered all the GPS evidence evidence and stuff. Data. That's the word I'm looking for. Yeah. <laughs> the GPS data showed that Quentin was in Batesville the same time Jessica was. Hmm. So when they are... So they went to interview him again. <laughs> when they went to interview him, this is where shit gets crazy. They found out that he was in prison already. So... So this had only been eight months since she had died. And this dude was already in prison for something else. He was arrested and was in prison in Monroe, Louisiana in 2015. This is 2015. For the murder of another woman named Ming Shun. I'm not going to say the last name because they will butcher it. But her name was Ming. Mm -hmm. Whose credit card he was caught using after her death. He pled guilty to only having her credit card. Not the murder. He said he didn't murder. He just, he did steal her credit card, but he didn't murder. But people saw him in her apartment complex or at her apartment complex with her the day that she died. Quentin said that he, so that's a whole nother thing. Like he's in prison for theft of the credit card. Yeah. But not the murder as of yet. He's still waiting. As of right now, he's still waiting trial for Ming's murder. Wow. Yeah. So. When they were interviewing him, he said that, yeah, I did I did go to Batesville. Now that I remember... What the fuck? Yeah. Now that I remember, uh, he went... He said, I did go to Batesville with Jessica. We went to a Taco Bell. He said, I just forgot. Which I'm like, how do you forget? Especially when it's a murder investigation. Also, all like, these oh, places, yeah, like the uh. Indian store and the Taco Bell, I'm just like, oh my god, Mississippi. Yeah. Literally go there all the my time. My life. My life. Um, so he said, he said then he got a ride home from a friend called Big Mike, which they talked to Big Mike, and Big Mike was like, yeah, um, I was at a football game in Nashville. Like, I have tickets. Here's the stubs. Here's the, the proof. That, Liar! Yeah. So his alibi was completely checked out because they were able to pinpoint that that's where he was. So, once again, Quentin was lying. Quentin mm-hmm. keeps making up stories and to which investigators have, really like, suspicious. the correct info because they're looking at the GPS data and they, all the camera footage from the Dollar General, from the, you know, anywhere he says that they go, he, they can go look at the camera footage. Yeah. Even the M&M store, like, they can see his house from the store. So, yeah. He's just a dumbass. So... After changing his story again, he claims that the two went back to his house, sat in his driveway, listened to some music. She left his driveway at around 7 p.m. However, her phone's location data and the surveillance video from the gas station next to his home show that she left around 7.30 p.m. So she did go to his house um, and drove to the area where she was later found dead, you know. Mm Mm-hmm. So, she did go to his house. They did really go to Taco Bell. They were really in Batesville together. But what happened between 
that 30 minutes. It would have to be 30 minutes. What happened in those 30 yeah, minutes? Yeah, authorities felt it was extremely unlikely that Jessica would encounter someone else that would have done this in the yeah. 30 minutes between Quentin's house and where they discovered her where she was on fire. I mean, how long does it take for her to come back from his house? Like, from the road that she was yeah. at? I mean, not very long. It's not that far. Mm-mm. No? Okay. I was thinking if it so, took 30 minutes. They also took DNA. You remember them keys that I told you about? Yeah. Them keys that were found? Them keys. They took DNA uh, and it matched Quentin. His? Yep. Mm-hmm. Matched Quentin. Surveillance video showed a vehicle believed to be his sister's. I don't know if it was the truck that he was talking about or whatever. Stopped briefly at his home at 7.50 p.m. before driving towards the crime scene. Towards the area of the crime scene. Mm -hmm. They decided, okay, it's time to get a warrant for his phone and look at his text messages. They found that within an hour of Jessica's death, Quentin had deleted all communication with her on his his phone. So he, like, started, yeah, deleting everything. Mm -hmm. Even though they had been in constant contact days prior, the deleted text message showed that Quentin was actually pretty intense about repeatedly asking her for sex Mm -hmm. days before this. Each time she denied the request, and the text, like, the messages also showed that she had denied him sex four times that day that she died Hmm. he was charged obviously and went to trial for this so yeah he i don't know he's an idiot yeah like why would you change your story that's a stupid idea and also think oh yeah if i delete these they will they won't find these text messages well i'll explain what the prosecution thinks happened on october 10th 1919 October 10th, 2017, the trial began, and even though the defense is trying to, like, harp on this Derek, like, Derek-Eric thing, like, yeah. it's not him, it's either Derek or it's Eric. Who, well, who the fuck is Derek and Eric? Like, we've looked yeah. at everybody, so. That it doesn't sound anything like Quentin, is what they're saying. The prosecution mm-hmm. keeps telling them, well, what about all his lies to the police? Constantly lying, changing his story, and the fact that he's in prison right now for possibly the murder of a woman named Ming. Even the doctors said that her saying Eric or Derek isn't really that important because of the fact that she could barely even move her lips at all. Yeah. I mean, she was... Maybe you try she to was like to say something else. Yeah, you try to like keep your lips closed and say Eric or Derek, Eric, and Eric. your tongue is burnt and swollen. So, uh, the, you know, yeah, I can do that. Yeah. <laughs> Prosecution believed that while in Quentin's driveway, he tried to have sex with Jessica. However, she resisted. They believe that he became enraged and suffocated her until she was unconscious. In- unconscious. Unconscious. In order to distance himself from the crime, he then drove her car to an area that we later know was that road. Mm -hmm. He then set her body on fire, right? Oh, but well, well, hold on. He then ran on foot. This is what the prosecution believes happened with all Mm -hmm. the stuff that they've gathered. He then ran on foot back to his sister's home nearby, took her car, picked up the gasoline from his home, and then because there's some point in there where they see on footage on the camera i think i've mentioned that back oh gosh where was it at 
at 7.40 something? You know what I said? 7.50. Stopped briefly at his home at 7.50. So during that time, they can see on camera that he came back to the house for a minute. And they think that that's when he got the gasoline. And then, where was I? He got the gasoline. Gasoline from his house and then ran and returned back to Jessica set it on fire set her on fire with her inside is what they think i don't know how they think that that happened maybe they think that she kind of crawled out down the like a little bit down into the woods mm-hmm. it needs to be said that when quentin was seen at the fred's dollar store and he said that he was you know getting that green dot debit card this was around eight twenty p.m so he could have very well killed her did all that, made it, um, and made it to the Dollar General in time to, like, have an alibi. Because from the road that she was killed at to Batesville, it's only 16 minutes. And that's the back road, like, on 35. It only takes 16 minutes to get from that road mm-hmm. to Batesville. So, it could have very well, because he could have went there to give himself an alibi. Like, oh, look, I was in Batesville. I couldn't have possibly did it. Yeah. yeah well, it shows you were there at 820. And, you know, where the fuck were you from 730 to, to 820? 820, <laughs> or yeah. 8, uh, 8 o'clock, because it only takes you, like, 16 minutes. And that's if you're driving the speed limit. I mean, pretty sure he probably wasn't driving the speed limit. So now, after 10 hours of deliberation... They find him not guilty for capital murder. Yeah, that's right. I said that. Not guilty. Too much circumstantial evidence is what they said. But when the judge asked, do you all agree? Because that's like normal. That's what they ask. Mm -hmm. One of the men stood up and said, no, we do not all agree. So now they have to go back into the room. And the judge was like, hey, you guys have to all agree before you just come out here and say, oh, yeah. He's not guilty. Or, oh, yeah, he is guilty. Like, you literally have to all agree. You know what I mean? So, so yeah, the jury didn't know, like, that they were supposed to, I don't know, they were dumb. Whatever. (laughs) So, anyways, they eventually go into a room for an hour. Then they come back and they say that they can't agree on a verdict. So, it becomes a mistrial. December, I mean, September... 2018 he was put back on trial and there was another hung jury so he is still serving his 10 year sentence for the debit card fraud and awaiting trial for Ming's murder and now in 2019 they are still waiting for the third trial of Jessica so yeah um, one issue that comes up a lot which I don't really is that Quentin's sister has a tattoo of the name Derek on her hand. Hmm. Yeah. So it leads people to believe that what if she was, like, involved? What if this was, like, a two-person job or something like that? They also didn't test the car as well as they should have, although they said that it was kind of pointless because it was so badly burned that they wouldn't have gotten any evidence anyways. But, I mean, I feel like maybe they could have still done that. Um, Her clothes were found outside of the car, not burned, which is really odd. And they also did... They weren't really able to do a rape test because of how severely burned she was all over. So, they weren't sure if whether or not she had been raped or sexually assaulted. But... So, yeah. That is the story of Jessica Chambers. Um, 
it's a pretty awful story and as of right now we still don't have any answers I mean I think that he did it yeah that's it that's it oh. yeah so we will know more after the trial the third trial that he's gonna have I don't see why they keep getting hung juries um you know there's plenty of time these back roads in Mississippi are not very large. It could take you mere seconds just about in the grand scheme of things to get you from one place to the other. So these are not very big towns. They're very small. The possibility that he did all this at, in that time frame is, to me is very high, possible. I mean, he definitely could have done it. What do you think? Do you think he did it? I think maybe he did it because everything, all the evidence. And why does he keep lying? Yeah, and then also... Him going back to his house, and then when did what did he do between that time? And then yeah. also him killing another girl, right? Possibly, yeah. I mean, and it's it's just a coincidence. Like he says that he didn't kill that Chinese girl Ming, but you were seen at her apartment complex with her the day that she died, and you had her credit card. So you yeah. stole a dead woman's credit card, but you didn't kill her. Okay. <laughs> so, anyways, um. I don't really know the whole Ming story. Maybe we'll have to try to figure out what that was about. Um, I just know that she was, I believe she was stabbed and I don't want to say sexually assaulted, but I do know she was stabbed. So yeah, it's crazy. And this happened in little old Mississippi. There's quite a, quite a lot. I was looking up, you know, quite a lot. And then I came across this one and I totally forgot about it. And, um, it's just so sad. Like, I just, whenever I heard about it in 2014, like I said, I had just Adeline and yeah. I just couldn't even imagine, like, someone just lighting this girl on fire. I thought that the, at first I thought that the girl, just the car the caught car on fire, fire yeah. just on the side of the road. And then when we found out that, no, someone actually caught her on fire, but poured gasoline also, down her throat. It's crazy if the motive is him with sex, like... Because she didn't want to have... If the motive was him not want... Like, him wanting sex. Yeah. And then she wouldn't give it to him. Like, that's fucking crazy. Dude, just go jerk off somewhere. <laughs> yeah. Like, I, I just don't... Um, I don't know. I mean, I guess that's what it was. She kept... He kept asking and she kept saying no. And she told him, you know, she was in a relationship and... I don't know. There's no background history of this guy. I do know that he got married. So when he was in Moreau, Louisiana, like, either, like, before or during the time that he was getting married was when he killed, or possibly killed Ming, that, that lady. Um, so he got married, but we don't know anything, like, his fiance. We don't know if she said, yes, he's abusive or anything like that. There's just not enough out there right now. But yeah, what do you guys think? Do you guys think that he killed her? I mean, he, he claims that the reason why he did all that, the reason why he deleted all the messages off of his phone and her phone number and everything was because he just didn't want to have a dead person's number in his phone. And I'm like, really, dude? Wow. Okay. That's weird. <laughs> yeah. She literally just died and just you're just died. like, yeah. oh, I, I, I can't. I understand if it's been 10 years. But yeah. What the fuck? Also, he said that he just forgot all those things. Like, forgot 
that they went together to Taco Bell. And you wouldn't forget something like that, yeah, you dumbass. You wouldn't forget something Shut like up. that. So, anyways, well, we hope that you guys enjoyed today's episode. It was kind of short, but that's okay. It's not well. It's not that short. It's like thirty minutes. That's a good. That's a good runtime. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, we will maybe have an episode for you guys on Tuesday or maybe Friday. I don't know. We usually do a bonus and a Friday, and then next week do a Friday. Then the next week do a bonus third Tuesday and a Friday. But I think maybe we might do one Tuesday. I don't know. We'll just have to see. Okay. We'll have to fill the weekend out and see where it's going. All right. Well, we hope that you guys have a wonderful day. Don't forget to follow us, subscribe, all that good stuff, and go to our link so you can go to our social media so you can start following us for our live Q&A next weekend, April 25th, 7.30 p.m. Central Time, U.S. Also, we, um, oh gosh, what was I going to say? Oh, we're also on YouTube. No, I mentioned the live. We're also on YouTube. I don't know if a lot of people know that. We don't have video up of our faces, but that's okay because we post pictures while we talk. So if you guys want to go ahead and subscribe to our YouTube channel, that would be great because that'll help us out as well. And you can also leave us a comment and a review on iTunes. Please, please, please do that. That's really awesome. And it really helps us out as well. So we hope that you guys have a great day weekend and we'll see you guys later. Bye. Bye.